never remain free if they are not willing, if need be, to fight for their vital interests. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Praise Welcome, Christian Israel, Pastor Eli James here. This is Eurofolk Radio, Restoration Hour, October 1st, 2022. And today I'm going to pick up, well, not where we left off on Vochi last Sunday, uh, but I'm just going to start over because Pastor Martins and I were planning on talking about the hidden history of the incredibly evil Khazarian Mafia. And it's, it's really uh, heartwarming for me to know that more and more people are picking up on the Khazarian Mafia and the evil Khazars and Ashkenazi Jews. Because this subject has been taboo for decades. For decades. And I'd say in the last, uh, well, all of the 20th century, and possibly in the last decade or so, the the people who are doing independent media, for lack of a better expression, independent media, independent producers of videos on YouTube, BitChute, Brighteon, etc., etc., Rumble, these people are expressing their opinions about the Jews and about the Khazars, about the evil Ashkenazis, etc., etc., the likes of which has never been experienced before, certainly in the 20th century and the earlier part of the 21st century. So, as we all know, the 20th century was the Jewish century. By their own reckoning, the Jews have dubbed it the Jewish century because they controlled everything in the world during the 20th century, and they still do. However, they do not control the Internet, and free speech on the Internet actually has been increasing after many, many decades of of suppression of free speech. Now, the primary suppression began, I'd say, in the 1960s with the creation of the fundamentalist preachers on television, the fundamentalists of uh, you know, these so-called Christian stations, which are actually run by Jews, owned and operated by Jews for the purpose of promoting Zionism. And these uh, television and radio networks have been pumping out pro-Jewish propaganda, anti-Christian propaganda, and Judeo-Christianity and Christian Zionism, was that, which is actually anti-Christian also, for de- for absolute decades, and the Jews have controlled the airwaves, and they still control the advertising industry, the news industry, and very uh, various other you know commercial endeavors because they are in fact Mystery Babylon, which is the empire of merchants which controls the world in these end times. So we are fast approaching now uh, an awakening 
the awakening I have been praying for. It's not yet at the level of the great awakening where masses and masses of people reject Jewish lies in favor of Anglo-Saxon truth. That's still developing, but these alternative media, such as Gab and Rumble and BitChute, etc., are uh, are giving free free speech a shot in the arm, right? And I think this is why, of course, the Rothschilds had to implement COVID-19 in uh, 2020 and 2021 to try to eliminate those people who might uh, fall away from their fold, fall out of their propaganda endeavors. Well, they had to kill those people, okay? Uh, those The people who took the shots are probably the least likely to be... Uh, rebels or dissidents to the status quo. So I think the Rothschilds have actually shot themselves in the foot. We did a program recently where we announced that the vast majority of people who took the shot are in fact Democrats. So they're decreasing their own ranks with these shots. Uh, Right-wingers, libertarians, constitutionalists, pro-gun you know, authors and writers and presenters are the least likely to take the shot and, ne- and never will. So I think the shot has pretty much run its course. The people who have taken more more than one jab are certainly still dying, dropping like flies, because those shots are killing people. But we also have reported that no more, there's no more. People are, are finally hip and had enough of these shots. They're not taking them anymore. That's not working anymore. So, in my opinion, what they're trying to do now is to starve us out by reducing our energy supplies, our food supplies, and of course, the reduction in energy supplies is going to affect the delivery of food for many, many nations. So, as we have been saying here on Eurofolk Radio, you know, since its inception now, in 2014, we're now in our eighth year, do not, do not give up hope. <laughs> do not give up hope. We are, we know we're going to win this thing. The Bible predicts that uh, the Anglo-Saxons will defeat the Jews ultimately, because the Edomites will burn. By the way, one of the most recent tactics of the Jews is to refer to white people as Edomites. <laughs> And if they quote such passages that Edom will burn, well, they're actually uh, encouraging Yahweh to burn them. Okay, so so let them complain all they want. Let them pretend all they want that we are the Edomites and they are the Israelites. We know better. We absolutely know better. So last Sunday on Voice of Christian Israel, Pastor Martins and I had all kinds of problems with our sound, primarily due to the fact of the rolling blackouts that have already affected South Africa. And I'd say for the last three or four months, we have had a difficult time staying on the air or staying connected with Pastor Martins in South Africa because the ANC is such a corrupt government that they, they can't even control the infrastructure, the nuclear, the one nuclear power plant they have to create electricity, etc. And of course, they're 
networks, uh, cell tower networks and internet networking just isn't working like it's supposed to and that has created great difficulty in our shows from South Africa. But we'll continue to persist. Now, of course, we're going to be on the air again tomorrow and we'll see if we have a decent connection tomorrow. Also, I'm going to be out of town next weekend. I'll be in Kentucky for a Feast of Tabernacles celebration. And so I may do one or two shows. I'm not sure how many shows I can do. Uh, so, But definitely, uh, probably won't be able to do uh, Vochi next Sunday uh, or, uh, or, or probably Restoration Hour either. So uh, that won't happen next weekend. But I'll try to do uh, Yahweh's Covenant of People, and I'll try to do Genesis to Revelation. Uh, and Michael has informed me that he won't be able to be with us tomorrow, so I'm going to pick another topic besides the uh, w- the series we've been doing on the Tavistock Institute, and we'll have to go in another direction tomorrow. But for tonight, since we hardly scratched the surface of this article entitled Hidden History of the Incredibly Evil Kazarian Mafia <coughs> excuse me, by Ian Hannaford. This was published on June 1, 2019, and it is a perfect example of how people are waking up to the Khazars, the Jewish Ashkenazis, their control of the world empire of merchants through their banking operations. More and more people are becoming aware of this, and it's only those people who rely on mass media for their information. As uh, Mark Twain said, that those who don't read the newspapers are uninformed. Those who do read the newspapers are misinformed. And the same is still true today. So, this article now by Ian Hannaford. Let's get into it. And he says, I had planned to write again about Bitcoin and precious metals again given the close proximity of another layman's moment, but ten times worse I have decided to hold off for a few days as we have the Bilderbergers meeting this weekend. So this was June 1st, 2019. So that was oh three Bilderberger meetings ago. I had planned to write again, uh, sorry, the curtain is now being pulled back to fully expose the Khazarian Mafia and its evil plan to infiltrate, tyrannize the whole world and eradicate all Abrahamic religions and allow only their Babylonian Talmudism, also known as Luciferianism, Satanism, or ancient Baal worship. It's also known as Judaism, folks. There is no difference between Judaism and Talmudism. And that's not an Abrahamic religion. Judaism is not an Abrahamic religion. Neither is Islam. (laughs) There's only one Abrahamic religion, and that is true Christianity as practiced by us in Christian identity. The history of the Khazarians, specifically the Khazarian Mafia, or he shortens it now to KM, the world's largest organized crime syndicate that the Khazarian oligarchy morphed into by their deployment of Babylonian money magic, has been nearly completely excised from the history books. The present-day Khazarian Mafia knows that it cannot operate or exist without abject secrecy, and therefore has spent a lot of money having its history excised from the history books in order to prevent citizens of the world from learning about its evil beyond imagination. 
that empowers this world's largest organized crime cabal. The authors of this article have done their best to resurrect this lost secret history of the Khazarians and their large international organized crime syndicate, best referred to as the Khazarian Mafia, and make this history available to the world via the Internet, which is the new Gutenberg Press. Uh, well said. It is the new Gutenberg Press because they they can't, the Jews cannot shut the Internet down because too much of their commercial activity re- depends upon the Internet. And so, but I also think we're in such the, uh, such a late stage, end game of this chess game, and the Jews are so arrogant that they think that they have total control of everything, and even if this news gets out, that it will not have any effect on their military, economic, and political power. That's how they view it. They, as the Book of Revelation says, I sit a queen, says Mystery Babylon, and who can hurt me? I am a queen. I'm queen of the whole world. Okay? That uh, great horror of Revelation. It was Mike Harris that connected the dots and made the actual discovery of the presence of the Khazarian Mafia's secret history and blood oath to take revenge on Russia for helping Americans win the Revolutionary War and Civil War and their blood oath of revenge against America and Americans for winning these wars and sustaining the Union. Okay, well, Mike, Mike Harris... I think he reported on this a couple of years ago, but we here at Eurofolk Radio have been reporting on this, well, for our entire history, uh, the eight years we've been on the air. And, of course, our previous history, we have talked about the Khazarian Mafia time and time again. And, of course, Andrew Carrington Hitchcock wrote the book, Synagogue of Satan, which explains how the Jewish Khazarian Mafia operates ever since uh, the Napoleonic Wars. And so they have definitely been in control of world politics and economics and even religion ever since. By the way, uh, my appearance on uh, Caravan to Midnight, which was supposed to be last Thursday, has been uh, pushed to this coming Thursday. And I'll be talking about the potential infiltration of Jewish blood into the British royalty and also talking about who is an Antichrist because the mainstream Judeo-Christians all believe that the Antichrist is yet to come or is yet yet to be announced. It's here and it still hasn't been identified. Well, we know that isn't true. We know the Bible teaches that the, there are many Antichrists, and Antichrist is already here. And so I'm going to explain that after I talk about the British throne, and whether or not Charlie the Third is a legitimate heir to the throne, and I don't believe he is. Uh, he, but he isn't the Antichrist. He's simply a puppet of the Antichrist, which I will explain on Thursday. Okay, so again, that's going to be this Thursday now uh, at Caravan to Midnight, which airs at 9:30 p.m. Central Time. Okay, so let's continue. At the Syrian Conference on Combating Terrorism and Religious Extremism, December 1, 2014, in his keynote address, Veterans Today Senior Editor and Director Gordon Duff disclosed publicly for the first time ever that world terrorism is actually due to a large international organized crime syndicate associated with Israel. 
This disclosure sent shockwaves at the conference and almost instantly around the world, as almost every world leader received reports of Gordon Duff's historical disclosure that same day. Again, we in Christian identity have been aware of this for over 100 years. And Henry Ford was aware of it in the 1920s as well. So, but this is part of the Great Awakening, which that this type of information is now being proclaimed publicly on the internet and at, at conferences such as this. And for, for a lot of these people, this is new news. For us, it's old news. Anyway, okay, so the shockwaves from his historic speech in Damascus continue to reverberate around the world even to this very day. Yeah, for those people who have never heard of this before, yeah, it is shocking. And now Gordon Duff has asked President Putin to release Russian intel, which will expose about 300 traitors in Congress for their serious serial felonies and statutory espionage on behalf of the Khazarian Mafia against America and many Middle East nations. We now know that the Khazarian Mafia is waging a secret war against America and Americans by use of false flag gladio-style terrorism and via the illegal and unconstitutional Federal Reserve System, the IRS, FBI, FEMA, Homeland Security, and TSA. We know for certain that the Khazarian Mafia was responsible for deploying an inside job Gladio-style false flag attack on America on 9-11-2001, as well as the Murrah Building bombing on April 19, 1995, and many other acts of terrorism, including the Kennedy assassination, the assassination of Lincoln, the assassination of every president that has been assassinated here in America, and a bunch of others, including Huey Long, who would have beat FDR in an election, would have easily beaten FDR, etc. So we know that the, the Khazarian Mafia, otherwise known as the Zionist Mafia, the Talmudic Terrorist Mafia, the Jewish Mafia, all synonyms for the same group of people, we, we know about them. We at Identity have known about th- these people for well over 100 years, and of course, the uh, the real patriots of America never considered the Jews to be God's chosen people, Israel. So, th- this is you know, this idea that the Jews are Israel is actually a very modern idea. But let's continue. The hidden history of the incredibly evil Khazarian Mafia, uh, 100 to 800 A.D., an incredibly evil society emerges in Khazaria. And I did cover this uh, in, in sketch form last Sunday, but we're going to go through the whole article here and give the background. So this is a very much a simplistic scenario here given about what how the Khazars converted to Judaism, but let's go. Khazaria has developed into a nation ruled by an evil king who had ancient Babylonian black arts, occult oligarchs, serving as his court. During this time, Khazarians become known to surrounding countries as thieves, murderers, road bandits, and for assuming the identities of those travelers they murdered as a normal occupational practice and way of life. Well, this is what the Jews have been doing throughout their history. 800 AD. The ultimatum is delivered by Russia and other surrounding nations. The leaders of the surrounding nations, especially Russia, have had so many years of complaints by their citizens that, as a group, they deliver an ultimatum to the Khazarian king. 
they said to communicate to the Khazarian king that he must choose one of the three religions, scratch Abrahamic, one of these three major religions for his people, and make it his official state religion, and require all Khazarian citizens to practice it, and socialize all Khazarian children to practice that faith. The Khazarian king was given a choice among Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. The Khazarian king chose Judaism, and promised to stay within the requirements laid out by the surrounding confederacy of nations led by the Russian Tsar. Despite his agreement and promise, the Khazarian king and his inner circle of oligarchs kept practicing ancient Babylonian black magic, also known as secret Satanism. This secret Satanism involved occult ceremonies featuring child Baal worship. <laughs> That's what it is, Baal worship, folks. Featuring child sacrifice after bleeding them out, drinking their blood, and eating their hearts. It sounds like the Aztecs in, <laughs> in Central America. The deep, dark secret of the occult ceremonies was that they were all based on ancient Baal worship, also known as worship of the owl. In order to fool the confederacy of nations led by Russia that were watching Khazaria, the Khazarian king melded those these Luciferian black magic practices with Judaism and created a secret satanic hybrid religion known as Babylonian Talmudism. Well, here I would have to say, no, Babylonian Talmudism was already operative uh, 800 years before in Palestine because it was the Sephards, the Sephards from Babylon, who were placed in the Middle East by the Assyrians after they removed the Judahites into Babylon. And these Sephards mingled with the Edomites of the area, both of which hated the true Judahites and the true Israelites uh, equally with a passion. Okay, so this merger of Sephardics from Babylon and Edomites from Edom, these people developed the baking trade that was to emerge in the days of Christ, which was never practiced by Israel, was never practiced by Judah. But that's where the banking, uh, you know, the money changers that Yahshua whipped out of the temple, that's where the banking uh, acumen came from. It came from Babylon from these Sephards. That's why, that's why they're called Sephardic Jews. So, this was made the national religion of Khazaria and nurtured the same evil that Khazaria was known for before. Sadly, the Khazarians continued their evil ways, robbing and murdering those from surrounding countries who traveled through Khazaria, and they were also the, the toll collectors. If you needed to cross a bridge or get a, have a barge float you across the river, they charged uh, travelers money to get across from one side to the other. And you, you still have the, the trolls, right? <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the big hairy trolls that uh, control the bridges. These are the Khazars. Those are representations of the Khazars. The Khazarian robbers often attempted to assume their identities after they murdered these visitors and became masters of disguises and false identities, a practice they have continued even to this very day, along with their child sacrifice occult ceremonies, which are actually ancient Baal worship. Thank you very much. 1200 AD. Russia and the surrounding nations have had enough and take action. About 1200 AD, the Russians led a group of nations surrounding Khazaria and invaded it. 
in order to stop the Khazarian crimes against their people, which included kidnapping of their young children and infants for their blood sacrifice ceremonies to Baal. The Khazarian king and his inner court of criminals and murderers came to be known as the Khazarian Mafia by neighboring countries. The Khazarian leaders had a well-developed spy network through which they obtained prior warning and escaped from Khazaria to European nations to the west, taking their vast fortune with them in gold and silver. They laid low and regrouped while assuming new identities, well, primarily in Poland. This happened primarily in Poland, to some extent southern and western Russia and eastern Germany, but primarily in Poland. In secret, they continued their satanic child blood and sacrifice rituals and trusted Baal to give them the whole world and all its riches, as they claimed he had promised them, as long as they kept bleeding out and sacrificing children and infants for him. The Khazarian king and his court, Mafia, plotted eternal revenge against the Russians and the surrounding nations that invaded Khazaria and drove them from power. And as we all know, Judaism is the religion of vengeance for imagined crimes and for real crimes. Next heading, the Khazarian Mafia invades England after being expelled for hundreds of years. To accomplish their invasion, they hired Oliver Cromwell to murder King Charles I and made England safe for banking again. This began the English Civil Wars, which raged for nearly a decade, resulting in regicide of the royal family and hundreds of the genuine English nobility. This is how the City of London was set up as the banking capital of Europe and launched the beginning of the British Empire. Yes, the British Empire is a Jewish banking empire. And there's a nice inset here in a map uh, oh, from davidike.com. Uh, map of Khazaria, and uh, let me just read it here because this is accurate information. The real Jewish homeland, Khazaria in the Caucasus, where there was a mass conversion to Judaism in the 8th century, these peoples with no connection to ancient Israel moved up into Eastern and Western Europe and then headed for the U.S. and Israel to become today's Jewish population. Okay? That's who they are. They're not Israelites. From David Icke's website, davidike.com, David Icke was the first ever to courageously expose the Rothschilds publicly in front of hundreds. Well, actually, that's not true. The Christian identity movement has been exposing them before hundreds and thousands. Unfortunately, not millions, but hundreds and thousands. Since the days of Henry Ford. So, in fact, uh, uh, I'm trying to think... Uh, Father Charles Coughlin was also very popular in the in the thirties and twenties uh, and thirties, and he exposed the Jewish mafia on his radio broadcasts. Of course, the Jews were very powerful in media in America and had him censored. So, uh, and also Gerald L. K. Smith, who was a friend of Henry Ford. These three men led the charge against the Khazars, the Jewish Khazars, in America in the 20s and 30s. Of course, then World War II happened, and the clamp, the clamping down on free speech began during World War II, thanks to the Khazars here in America, and of course, FDR. So, but in the 20s and 30s, 
people were openly talking about the Jews and their non-Israelite status and their connection to organized crime and murder and mayhem, etc. And uh, there, in fact, Father Cargland talked about how the Rothschilds created our American Civil War. So the Jews could not tolerate this freedom of speech, so they had all of these people shut down to whatever extent they could. And that included uh, many constitutionalists and uh, people who were trying to save America from organized crime and from Jewish power. So let's continue. The Khazarian Mafia decides to infiltrate and hijack all world banking using Babylonian black magic, which is simply known as usury and the fractional reserve banking system, also known as Babylonian money magic, or the secret art of making money from nothing, also using the power of pernicious usury to accumulate interest. The Khazarian Mafia used their vast fortune to enter into a new system of banking, based on secret Babylonian black magic money magic that they claim to have learned from the evil spirits of Baal in return for their many child sacrifices to him. Well, it actually goes back to the third kingdom of of both, well, of the book of Daniel. Uh, I'm sorry, it's the third kingdom of the book of Revelation. It's the first kingdom of the book of Daniel, namely ancient Babylon where the fractional reserve banking system and uh, creating fake notes out of duplicated receipts for goods held at a bank, that uh, this whole system of fiat money and fractional reserve banking was invented. That's when it was invented. Whether or not the these priests, these Sephardic priests, learned it from Baal, <laughs> or whether they just accumulated these techniques over time. In my opinion, they just accumulated these techniques over time. But you never know. The devil entered into into Judas, so if he can enter into Judas, he can enter into any Jew. All right. This Babylonian money magic involved the substitution of paper credit certificates for gold and silver deposits, yes, which allowed travelers to travel with their money in a form that offered easy replacement should they lose the certificates or have them stolen. It is interesting how the very problem that was started by the Khazarians also had a solution provided by them. Eventually, the Khazarian king and his small surrounding court infiltrated Germany with a group that chose the name the Bowers of Germany to represent them and carry on their bale-powered system of evil. The Bowers of the Red Shield, which represented their secret blood-based child sacrifices, changed their name to Rothschild, a.k.a. Child of the Rock, Satan, meaning actually Red Red Shield of Deutsch. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Let's take a swig here. The Rothschilds, as the frontmen for the Khazarian Mafia, infiltrate and hijack British banking, and then hijack the whole nation of England. Bauer slash Rothschild had five sons who infiltrated and took over European banking and the city of London's central banking system through various crafty covert operations, including a false report of Napoleon, Napoleon winning against the British when actually he lost. This allowed the Rothschilds to use fraud and deception to steal the wealth of the English nobility and the landed gentry 
who had made business investments with the City of London banking institutions. The Rothschilds set up a private fiat banking system that specialized in making counterfeit money from nothing, charging pernicious usury for the British people, using what should have been their own money. That's right. That's what they do here in America and all around the world. This was the black art of Babylonian money magic. They claimed to insiders that such technology and secret money power was provided to them by Baal because of their frequent child bleeding out of sacrifices rituals to Baal. Well, because that's very, that's very old news, the, the Baal rituals. Uh, and of course, the little Jews throughout Europe were continuing these child sacrifices probably on their own. But the Jewish bankers, I'm sure, refrained from this type of activity because they didn't want to get caught doing any such thing because that would threaten their money monopoly. But they didn't need to do that because what they were trying to establish is money power control over the planet and they didn't need to bleed out little children to do that. Their, Their lesser brethren had fun doing that. Let's continue. Once they had infiltrated and hijacked the British banking system, they interbred with the British royals and had infiltrated and completely hijacked all of England and all its major institutions. Some experts believe that the Rothschilds genocided the royal family members by staging secretly managed illicit and adulterous breedings with their own Khazarian men in order to place, replace the royals with their own pretenders to the throne. Now, I've tried to find documentation for this, and I really have found none, uh, I think the best book on the subject is The Nameless War by Colonel Ramsey, who explains very specifically and in great detail how the Rothschilds gained a foothold in England, not by interbreeding with the royal families, but by getting themselves elected as MPs, or Ministers of Parliament. And they did this without taking the oath, the Christian oath that was required of all other MPs. And so they they spat in the face of Christianity and because they had been elected from their particular provinces, for example, the very first Jew who took a seat as a, a, a minister of parliament did not take the oath to Christianity as all other ministers of parliament did. He sat down, but he wasn't thrown out because the, the Rothschilds controlled the economy, right? So this, this time, and this only occurred, I think, in the early 1800s. So at this point in time, Jews were still a very much despised people. So there's no way the British royalty would intermarry with these despised people. However, there could be a Jew in the woodwork, an unknown Jew, you know, who crept into the woodwork, into the woodpile, I should say, and infiltrated and uh, polluted the blood of the British throne. I'm going to be talking about this next Thursday on Caravan to Midnight. Okay, so, because the Khazarian Mafia claims to have a personal relationship with Baal, i.e. Lucifer, because of their sacrifices to him, They detest any kings who rule under the authority of God Almighty 
because most feel a responsibility to make sure their own people are protected from infiltrators and treasonous enemies within the gates. And of course, the Jews have totally succeeded in undermining any uh, warning system because uh, the Jews control virtually all countries except possibly Iran and South Korea. But I, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't bet on that. In the 1600s, the Khazarian Mafia murder, murdered the British royals and substitute their own fakes. In the 1700s, they murder the French royals. Okay, so uh, this requires documentation, <laughs> right? Uh, this is a very general statement. In the 1600s, the Khazarian Mafia murdered the British royals and substitute their own fakes. This is a statement that does require documentation, but there's none provided in this article. Right before World... Uh, the, then the next sentence, in the 1700s, they murdered the French royals. Okay, well, now there, they destroyed the, the French nobility. Almost in its entirety. So, to whatever extent they intermarried with them through their secret societies is is certainly uh, more than possible. It's, it's probable. But nevertheless, the Jews were still a despised people, <laughs> even even in France, even though they instigated the French Revolution and profited from it immensely and took over France, even while Napoleon was the emperor. In fact, Napoleon tried to persuade the Jews to become what their propaganda insists, the fatherhood of God, brotherhood of man, and try to convince the Jews to be assimilate with the rest of France. But they refused. He actually called the Council of the Great Sanhedrin, paying the way for rabbis from all over the you know, Eastern and Western world to come to France and have a great Sanhedrin to which he posed the question will you assimilate with with the rest of Europe and their answer was no we won't (laughs) this infuriated Napoleon who was at heart a liberal a bleeding heart liberal and of course he was a Freemason also so he, he found out that the Jews did not believe in their own propaganda of the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man. Very important episode of history that is almost totally blacked out of the history books. But this made Napoleon turn against the Jews, and from this point forward, there was animosity between Napoleon and the Jewish baking houses and, of course, the Jewish rabbis. But this actually... Napoleon inadvertently gave the Jews, by calling this great Sanhedrin, the idea for Zionism. Because at this conference, it gave them the idea, hey, let's get together. (laughs) Let's coordinate our activities against the Goyim and take over the world through our banking activities. And let's pretend to be Israel. So that's Zionism in a nutshell. So it was actually Napoleon's fault by bringing this great Sanhedrin together that this idea even occurred to the Jews. Because up until that point in time, uh, 
the various rabbinates around the world were simply operating independently, although they would write letters to one another. There was no coordinated effort amongst these various rabbinates, although they were continuing to write the Talmud, to embellish the Talmud. They were continuing to do that constantly, but they did not have the coordinated effort that Napoleon gave them by calling this council. And then after the Napoleonic Wars were finally over, the first thing the Jews did was to have the Congress of Vienna in which they sought to impose or create a one-world government. So Napoleon himself inadvertently created Zionism. But that's another story. Maybe we'll have time to get into that tonight. But uh, maybe if not, then maybe uh, on our next episode. As I said earlier, I'm not sure if I'll have a restoration hour next week because I will be in Kentucky for a Feast of Tabernacles. But I will be back for the following weekend. But let's continue because this is it's a good general history, but it lacks documentation. But this is the kind of thing that uh, you tend to get from uh, the, uh, the, the this group of authors who uh, are are quick to make statements. But you know, when you're talking about something this controversial, you really need to back up your statements with you know some sort of documentation, you know historical records, etc. And this article doesn't do anything like that. But let's continue. It's, it's basically on target. So, yeah, they murdered the French royals. And, of course, they had agents within the royal houses. The Duke d'Orleans was one of them. And many of the uh, French nobility actually cooperated with the Freemasons hoping that they would have greater power for themselves after the king and his queen were eliminated. So they cooperated. So wherever they can, the Jews will divide and conquer by playing off one group of royals, one group of nobility against the other. And that's essentially what the French Revolution was. They lost control of it because eventually it was the the middle class who took control of it and they started, you know, guillotining one another, <laughs> right? And when the guillotining started, the Jews left and left the Frenchmen to guillotine one another, right? That's usually how it works, all right? And so that was actually a prelude to the Russian coup, the Jewish coup against Russia in 1917. All right, so let's continue. And in fact, that, that started out in a similar manner because the Kerensky government, which took over uh, from the nobility of Russia, Kerensky was also a Jew, by the way, but the Kerensky government was populated by liberals, Russian liberals, in addition to Jewish uh, infiltrators. And, of course, you know, Lenin and Trotsky dispensed with them, and that eliminated the Kerensky government. Then, they, then you had full-blown uh, invasion of Russia by Jewish criminals, financed by Jewish banks. So pretty much a repeat of the French Revolution. Okay, so let's continue. So now they say, in 1917, oh, wait a minute, right before World War One, they murder Archduke Ferdinand to start World War One. That's correct. 
1917, they assembled their Khazarian Mafia army, the Bolsheviks, and infiltrate and hijack Russia, murder the Tsar and his family in cold blood, bayonet his favorite daughter through the chest, and steal all the Russian gold, silver, and art treasures. Right before World War II, they murdered the Austrian and German royals. Then they get rid of the Chinese royals and disempower the Japanese ruler. So, I don't, I'm not aware, well, what the uh, Kaiser Wilhelm II wasn't murdered. He abdicated and fled to, I believe it was Denmark. And uh, I don't know if they actually murdered the Austrian royals. Again, uh, this just requires documentation. That may be true, but I'm not aware that that, that happened. Uh, of course, there was all kinds of assassinations going on. Uh, I'd have to look up the history of Austria uh, you know, post-World War One to see how many of the Austrian royals actually survived. Okay, then they get rid of the Chinese royals and disempower the Japanese ruler. So, of course, this is this is nothing but a continu- continuation of the British East India Company with their opium wars in China and their control of India, the Indian uh, commodities trade, and of course the the similar control of South Africa and all of the rich natural resources there in South Africa. So this is just, all of these things are a continuation of the Khazarian Mafia, the Talmudic Jewish power grab over the world through banking, primarily through banking activities. Without their banking activities, nothing nothing like this could have happened. The Khazarian Mafia's intense hatred of anyone who professed faith in any god but their god Baal has motivated them to murder kings and royalty and make sure they can never rule. They have done the same with American presidents, running sophisticated covert operations to disempower them. If that doesn't work, the Khazarian Mafia assassinates them, like they did to McKinley, Lincoln, and JFK. Also Harrison and uh, several others. Several others. The Xarian Mafia wants to eliminate any strong rulers or elected officials who dare to resist their Babylonian money magic power or their covert power gained from their deployment of their human compromised network. So the good thing about this article is it's a condensation. It's kind of like a reader's digest <laughs> of the topic. But it's really good that this type of material is now being promoted on the Internet without fear of censorship. Like I said at the beginning, the Rothschilds are probably at this stage of the game. For them, it's the end game. They control the world economically and politically and medically. So there really isn't much left to take control of. However, as we have said repeatedly here at Eurofolk Radio, America is still their big bugaboo. They have failed to take control, total control of America. And because we have the Second Amendment. And we still have nominal Christians, many of whom are courageous and will resist. Once they understand who the enemy really is, will resist this Khazarian Mafia. The problem here in America is that most Judeo-Christians actually believe the Jews are Israel, i.e. God's chosen people, and don't know who the real enemy is. However, they're getting closer and closer and closer 
I think the handwriting's pretty much on the wall if they open their eyes and look. The Rothschilds, through their international spy network, had heard of Turkish opium and its habit-forming characteristics. They deployed a covert operation to buy Turkish opium and sell it in China, infecting millions with bad opium habit that brought back gold and silver into the Rothschild coffers, but not to the British people. That is correct. The opium addictions created by the Rothschild opium sales to China harmed China so much that China went to war on two occasions to stop it. These wars were known as the Boxer Rebellions or the Opium Wars. The money the Rothschilds gained from the sale of opium was so vast that they became even more addicted to the easy money that the opiate addicts were than the opiate addicts were to the opium. Yeah, of course, yeah, because money is what drives the Jewish nation. So, and I just want to point out that today I just put a a new link on the front page of Eurofolk Radio about the, basically the story is about how uh, Governor DeSantis of Florida shipped illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard where all the uh, rich liberals live and how these rich liberals rejected having those (laughs) imported illegal aliens on their turf, right? Talk about hypocrisy. But in addition... Uh, the two videos that I present, both from Fox News, toward the end of each video, they get into another subject, which is, of course, related to illegal immigration and the invasion of America, namely trafficking, human trafficking, sex trafficking, drug trafficking, primarily fentanyl, that fentanyl comes into America through these illegal aliens and addicts so many Americans, to the point where fentanyl is now the number one leading cause of death in young men aged 18 to 45. So this is still going on today. The Rothschilds are still the power behind all this importation of deadly drugs. And the Democratic Party are the number one drug pusher while the Republicans stand by with their twiddling thumbs, <laughs> right? <laughs> with their twiddling thumbs and sheepish grins. So let's continue. The Rothschilds were the funding source behind the establishment of the American colonies by incorporating the Hudson Bay Company and other trading companies to exploit the new world of the Americans. It was the Rothschilds who were ordered, who ordered the mass extermination and genocide of the indigenous people of North America to allow for exploitation of the vast natural resources of the continent. The Rothschilds also followed the same business template in the Caribbean and in the Asian subcontinent of India, resulting in the murder of millions of innocent people. That is correct. And it reminds me of the accusation made by Yahshua against the Pharisees in Matthew 23, where he said he lays upon their bloodline from Cain down to his time, of all the murders, starting from Abel, of all of the great kings and leaders of Israel. Of course, sometimes we didn't need Jewish help. (laughs) There was plenty of strife among the Israelites without Jewish help, but he lays that charge against their bloodline, and that bloodline is still true today. 
They are still doing it. And it's amazing, it's amazing that our race has even survived all of this. But I guess, uh, they hadn't figured out a way to stop us from breeding and repopulating after exterminating us time and time again. But they think that COVID-19 and the Great Reset will do the job. They think. That's the plan. So far, the plan, uh, the first two years of the plan have worked out fairly well. But that plan is now slowing down, and the next phase is to try to starve us out and freeze us out by making energy so expensive that we can't even heat our homes. And I think that's what the uh, intention was of uh, blowing up the Nord Stream pipelines from Russia to Germany uh, last week. Or I think it might have been early this week. I think it was actually Tuesday of this week. So they're pulling out all the stops to try to freeze us out and starve us out. And of course, they're planning on exchanging the currency, even though it's Federal Reserve notes and other bank notes that are running the world economy. They want to switch to central bank digital currency so that uh, they will have even more control, covert control, of all currencies. So that's the plan, and that's, that part of the plan is still working, but it's, it's not working as fast as they would hope. And there's gonna be problems, because every time you blow up a pipeline, <laughs> that affects your own business. As Joe Biden found out when he, when he cut off the pipelines from Canada to, uh, I believe it was Idaho, and points south in America, making himself even more enemies. So the American people are waking up, and people are starting to get angry, and the angrier they get, the better. Because the sooner they will find out who's behind it all, all this, and of course we know it's the perfidious Jew. All right? So, the Rothschilds start the international slave trade, an enterprise that viewed these kidnapped humans as mere animals, a view that the Khazarians would impose on all the people of the world who were not part of their evil circle, which some called the old black nobility. Now, Andy and I had done a series on slavery, uh, white slavery, and it was primarily the Muslims who were doing the kidnapping and rounding up of white slaves to be sold at auction on the north coast of Africa, but we also reported that the Jews were financing this operation. So the Jews have been involved in slavery forever. As long as there's been slavery, the Jews have been in that business. So especially uh, in Rome, you know, when they infiltrated and started kept getting the ear of the various uh, Roman emperors, the Jews were financing slavery in those days. Of course, the, uh, the Romans had their own uh, slave auctions. They enslaved people from captive countries and uh, force them into primarily household slavery, but they also force them to become soldiers on pain of death. So that the Romans were doing this on their own, but the Jews were always financiers of the slave trade. And of course here in America, they were also the sellers, because they had uh, excuse me, sales of slaves were discontinued on the Jewish Sabbath, here in America. 
So we know the Jews, and of course they owned the slave ships that brought the uh, slaves to America. So we know that of Jewish involvement in all of these things. So it's much older than this article would have us believe. But let's continue. A view that the Khazarians would impose on all the people of the world who were not part of their evil circle, which some called the old black nobility, that was the colonial term, that was the term that George Washington used for these people. The Rothschilds' next big project was to start the world's slave trade, buying slaves from crooked tribal chiefs in Africa who worked with them to kidnap members of competing tribes for sale as slaves. The Rothschild slave traders then took these kidnapped slaves, and of course, this this Jewish business precedes the Rothschilds. The Rothschild slave traders, excuse me, I need another swig. The Rothschild slave traders took, then took these kidnapped slaves on their ships in cramped cells to America and the Caribbean, where they were sold. Many died at sea due to bad conditions. The Rothschild bankers learned early on that war was a great way to double their money in a short time by lending money to both warring sides. And that's the basic subject of Andrew's book, Synagogue of Satan. But in order to be guaranteed collections, they had to get taxation laws passed, which could be used to force payment. The Khazarian Mafia, Rothschild private fiat counterfeit banksters, plot eternal revenge against the American colonists and Russia, who assisted them in losing the Revolutionary War. When the Rothschilds lost the American Revolution, they blamed the Russian Tsar and the Russians for assisting the colonists by blockading British ships. Of course, the same thing happened during our American Civil War. They swore eternal revenge on the American colonists, just as they had when the Russians and their allies crushed Khazaria in 1000 A.D. If we have time, uh, we'll get into the Crimean War as well, in which Russia was attacked by uh, France and Britain for uh, trying to regain European territory away from the Ottomans. which I think the Russians had every right to do. But let's continue. Okay, so so again, referencing uh, the defeat of the Khazarians by the Russians in 1000 AD, they plot eternal revenge. The Rothschilds and their English oligarchy that surrounded them plotted ways to retake America, and this became their main obsession. Their favorite plan is to set up an American central bank featuring Babylonian money magic and secret counterfeiting. The Rothschild Khazarian Mafia attempts to retake America in 1812 on behalf of the Khazarian Mafia, but fails once again because of Russian interference. This failure enraged the Rothschild Mafia, and they once again plot eternal revenge against both the Russians and the American colonists and plan to infiltrate and hijack both nations and asset strip, tyrannize, and then mass murder both nations and their populace. The KM's attempts to set up a private American central bank are blocked by President Andrew Jackson, who called them satanic and vowed to rout them out by the grace and power of Almighty God. The Rothschild banksters regroup and continue their covert attempts to install their own Babylonian money magic bank inside America. Now, the research I have been done doing on the Uncivil War 
tells me that the Rothschilds began plotting the American Civil War right after they failed to defeat America in the War of 1812 because they had no intention of losing their economic grip on America. And so they were you know, conceiving ways to divide America. And of course, the issue of slavery was the most prominent way, easiest way to divide America. And they sent agents to the South and agents to the North to agitate for disunion. And that was called the Civil War. So, and still, both sides, the history books say nothing about this that the Rothschilds were the primarily motivators of the American Civil War. And the Southerners still hate Northerners, Northerners still hate Southerners, and it's the Jews that they should be focusing on. So let's continue. Finally, in 1913, the Rothschild-Kazarian Mafia succeeds in establishing a major beachhead inside America. And an evil enemy of all American Americans enter the gates of America. In 1913, the Rothschild Mafia was able to establish a beachhead by bribing crooked, treasonous members of Congress to pass the illegal, unconstitutional Federal Reserve Act on Christmas Eve without a required quorum. The act was then signed by a crooked, bought-off president who was a traitor to America, like the members of Congress who voted for it. Well, there weren't really many members who voted for it. (laughs) Like, Like you just said, there was no quorum. There's only a handful of people sitting in Congress on Christmas Eve. It was Christmas Eve that this vote supposedly took place. The unfortunate thing was they owed President Woodrow Wilson because of his uh, affairs outside of his own marriage. The Rothschilds knew about it and were blackmailing him about that. Next heading. The Rothschild Kazarian Mafia then create an illegal taxation system in America. Yeah, and that's that's an absolute fact. So and it's amazing. You know, these are basically statements recounting history that's well known to us in identity, but for the general public it's not known. So anybody who reads this who's never heard anything like this, at least their interest would be piqued. And they might want to investigate further. The Kazarian Mafia put an illegal, unconstitutional tax system in place in order to make sure that Americans would have to pay for high-level USG spending, U.S. government spending, approved by a bought-off crooked Congress and presidential puppets put in place by corrupt uh, Kazarian Mafia campaign finance. It is easy for the Kazarian Mafia to garner enough money to elect anyone they want because when you control a bank that is a secret major counterfeiter, you have all the money made for you that you desire. At about the same time that they created their illegal tax system in America, they also bribed members of Congress to approve the Internal Revenue Service, which is their private collection agency incorporated in Puerto Rico. Now, uh, of course, that 16th Amendment, was never ratified. You never, they never had the uh, required two-thirds majority of states uh, approve approve of this bill. So they, they just ignored that fact and, and started instituting it anyway. That's because they controlled Congress and they controlled the presidency. So 
the amount of damage done to America by Woodrow Wilson's affairs and his his treasonous activities while as president is, is just incalculable. Absolutely incalculable. But he was outdone by FDR to be outdone by Barack Obama now to be outdone by Joe Biden. All Democrats. Soon afterwards, they set up the Federal Bureau of Investigation to protect their banksters, to serve their cover-up needs and prevent them from ever being prosecuted for their child sacrifice rituals, pedophile networks, and also to serve as a covert intel operation on their behalf. Note that the FBI has no official charter, according to the Library of Congress, and has no right to exist or issue paychecks. (laughs) Okay, well, let the bankers do that, right? Okay, they, they can make the money to issue the paychecks. In a well-planned, savage, and inhuman bloodletting that stunned the world, the Bolsheviks were unleashed in full fury on behalf of the Khazarian Mafia to gain revenge on the Russians. This had been planned since the destruction of Khazaria. I believe that 100%, because the Jews are all about revenge. The Bolsheviks, at the direction of the Rothschild Khazarian Mafia, raped, tortured, and mass-murdered approximately 100 million Russians, including women, children, and infants, and of course Solzhenitsyn, uh, his estimate was 66 million. Some of the torture and bloodletting was so extreme, we are not going to mention it here in this article. Yeah, brutal torture. But readers who want to know can do some in-depth interest internet research on the Red Terror or the Bolshevik Cheka or watch the classic movie The Czechist, which is available on YouTube. Oh, really? Okay, The Czechist. The Rothschild Khazarian Mafia once again decided on she- to sheep-dip themselves and infiltrated and hijacked all Judaism. No, Judaism and Khazaria and uh, Talmud are all one and the same. The Rothschild Khazarian Mafia created a master plan to control all of Judaism and mind-control Judaics. Well, to the extent that many Jews in Europe were very comfortable and rich and had no intention of leaving Europe because they were so comfortable and rich, after all, parasites like it when it's nice and cozy and warm. They had to they had to encourage Hitler. And then, of course, they made up the, the Holocaust nonsense. So they were paying the, uh, the Nazis 200 marks per Jew to round them up and ship them off to Palestine. And then because of their, uh, how should I put it, cooperation with the Nazis in this endeavor, in fact, it was the, the idea, the Zionists came up with the idea they had to cover it up by pretending that the Nazis were exterminating these people that were being rounded up on behalf of the Zionists. So most of these Jews did not want to leave Germany. Did not want to leave. So the Jews had to make it uncomfortable for these parasites. They were still parasites. After all, they are, the Jews are a parasitic race. But these Jews would never have moved to Palestine without the transfer agreement, which was agreed to by the Nazis, because, well, you know, 
You're going to reject 200 marks per Jew? You're solving, you're earning money and solving your biggest problem at the same time. So the, the, the Zionist mafia has, has tried to cover up the transfer agreement and pretend that there was never any cooperation between the Zionists and the Nazis. Alright, and the fact is, the vast majority of people have never heard of the transfer agreement. But you can look that up online too, just t- type in, transfer agreement. The book uh, by that title was written by a Jew from Chicago, who was disowned by his parents after he wrote it. <laughs> okay, so let's continue. So they still think, they they probably think, the authors of this article probably think that the religion of the Old Testament is Judaism, and that the uh, and that the, these people were Israelites. No, there was no such thing as Judaism. Judaism is a a modern term. The Bible never uses that term Judaism. And I'm really wondering when was that term invented? When was it first? When was it first coined? It had to be very late in history. So anyway, but nevertheless, it's imposed upon the Bible. Uh, and all scholars, you know, follow the Jewish lead because they claim to be Israel, that the Israelites practiced Judaism. No, they did not. They did not. They practiced Mosaism, which is the furthest thing in the world from Judaism, the exact opposite of Judaism. So they say, anyway, the Rothschild Kazarima has hijacked Judaism. No, they created Judaism, patterned it off of Babylonian Talmudism, that is correct, Luciferianism or Satanism, and gain control over the banking and Wall Street professions in general. Congress, the major mass media, along with most wealth and economic means of success. So if you can print your own money and not have anybody countermand your operations, then it's only a matter of time before you control the whole country and the world, which they do. Thus, the Rothschild Kazarian Mafia could pass out wealth and success to those Judaics who drank their Kool-Aid and used them as cutouts, assets, and cyanums. Cyan, Hebrew, helpers, assistants. In this manner, the Rothschilds hijacked the world. (laughs) Hijacked all governments of the world. They call this racially paranoid mass Judaic delusion of world conquest, world Zionism, which is really a form of covert Babylonian Talmudism or Luciferianism that had been unknown to mainstream Judaics. Well, not exactly, because it was the lesser brethren, the Jews of the Middle Ages, who abducted white babies and sacrificed them with the bloodletting. And the, the, the little Jews were the ones who committed the assassinations against Christian, Christian officials in the Middle Ages, Right? Obviously, they weren't as powerful as the Jewish bankers, but they were always right behind the Jewish bankers and uh, creating chaos and mayhem wherever they went. And this is why the pogroms of Europe occurred, because the Jews were such a parasitic nuisance to the Christian world of Europe. That uh, when their agitation got so bad, the local uh, you know, what do you call it? Uh, uh, pixies, right? The, the the local people of the peasants, the local peasants of all these countries, got tired of Jewish agitations and either just uh, annihilated them or kicked them out. So it wasn't just, and, and the fact is too, most people aren't aware of this. 
that the nobility of the various nations, including Poland, Russia, France, Germany, and other nations, were actually in cahoots with the Jewish bankers. Bankers large and small, who, who used these bankers as tax collectors, as advisors, and uh, to run the, uh, what do you call it, the, the booze industry. So the Jews in Poland, Russia, and other countries were actually behind these industries with the cooperation, and this happened in England too, with the cooperation of the Western nobility. The extent to which these Jews intermarried with the nobility is probably very, very small and would be very difficult to document. Well, let's continue. The system was designed to use Judaics as cover, or, well, they used the little Jew as a foil, as, a, you, know, you know, whenever there's an uprising against the, the Jewish money system, it's the little Jew that suffers, <laughs> right? But the little Jew is too stupid to understand that he and she is being used by the richer Jews as protection, right? They'll take the bullets before the Rothschilds do. Okay, so this system was designed to use Judaics as cover, that is correct, but also to anoint them with the Babylonian money power in order to use them as cutouts and to later be sacrificed to Lucifer in two stages. Yes, and this, now I, I really wonder if Jews understand how the, the little Jews are being used as a foil, as pawns in the game to be sacrificed by the rich Jews. I wonder if the little Jews even understand this. I'd say most of them are too stupid to understand it. And later to be sacrificed to Lucifer. The first stage would be their planned World War II in Nazi work camps, cut off from supplies, resulting in the deaths of about 200,000 Judaics from starvation and disease, along with about 90,000 non-Judaic inmates from the same causes, according to the respected Red Cross official figures. This number is 5% of what the Khazarian Mafia, a.k.a. the World Zionists, claim. The second great sacrifice would be a final one, when their New World Order Luciferian king would be placed into power, and when all three would, uh, these satanic religions <laughs> would be eradicated. Right? We actually have to account Judeo-Christianity as a satanic religion, because it is so heavily influenced by Judaism. So, when they say, they put it this way, when all three Abrahamic religions would be eradicated, especially Judaism, which would be blamed for all the wars and destruction of the world. Well, too many people, let me put it this way, the vast majority of politicians and religious leaders in the world know that Judaism is the cause of all these troubles but they're afraid to die. They're afraid to lose their passions. And they might become unpopular if they go public with this knowledge. So, but this is the end game. The Jews have already done this. It's called COVID. It's called the Great Reset. So, by then, the Rothschilds would once again morph themselves into a complete new identity, not associated with Judaism in any form, not even world Zionism. No, that's not going to happen. Nobody's going to believe that. It is important to, too many people know about it already. 
It is important to realize that the Rothschild Kazarian Mafia took Germany down to nothing after World War I, created a vacuum for fascism, and then rebuilt it, creating Nazism and installing Hitler as a counterforce to their Russian Bolshevism. Now, I don't think they installed Hitler, but they certainly exploited him, exploited the Nazi movement, because, like I said, they needed to make life uncomfortable for those very comfortable Jews in Germany. They needed bodies to populate Palestine so they could pretend to be Israel. Hitler became a problem for the Khazarian Mafia when he broke free and began acting in the interests of the German people (laughs) and the free people of the world and developed his own banking system free of the Rothschilds, and that is correct. Although it was never entirely free because uh, his finance minister, his name escapes me, uh, Klaus something or other, uh, was still in touch with the Rothschilds throughout the entirety of the Nazi regime. Whether or not he was working with the Rothschilds and countermanding Hitler's orders, I can't say. But nevertheless, uh, the, the, his finance minister was still in touch with the Rothschilds. And even before the World uh, War was over, uh, he was part of the creating the Bank of International Settlements. So the Rothschilds had their fingers in the Hitler regime throughout, trying to manipulate it as best as possible. Hitler introduced a financial system that was free of usury and beneficial to the working class, as exactly what Lincoln did. This mandated the utter destruction of Germany and the German people because the Rothschilds and the Khazarians would never allow an economic system that did not depend upon usury to exist. Note, Churchill wrote in his memoirs written in 1948 that he was exchanging peace negotiation letters with Mr. Hitler, but when Germany announced underpinning their currency with silver, the Rothschild City of London ordered him to make war with Germany. I believe that. There's nothing that the British government does that isn't ordered by the Rothschilds. We see the same thing today with the Khazarian War against Islam, because Islam forbids usury. That is why Israel is so vocal and aggressive about destroying the Islamic people of the world. And it actually in cahoots with them, because the leadership of those Islamic countries is not Islamic. The Khazarian Mafia expected this to just... What is it? Muslims in name only? <laughs> the Khazarian Mafia expected this to be a large World War II and when they supported both sides, this could be used to industrialize the whole world and maximize their bankster money power. Yeah, that was, well, that was the plan of the Bank of International Settlements. That was in the uh, Bretton Woods Agreement to make the Federal Reserve note the reserve currency of the world. Next heading, the Rothschild Khazarian Mafia then bribed and induced members of Congress to send American soldiers to their pre-staged and engineered World War One as a continuance of their well-proven pattern of financing both sides in any war to maximize profits, the acquisition of more federal tax monies and increased international power, the Rothschild Khazarians once again bribed, blackmailed, and induced members of Congress to declare war against Germany in 1917. Of course, they blackmailed Woodrow Wilson for the same purpose. Could not have been accomplished without blackmailing Woodrow Wilson. This was facilitated by a KM false flag attack with the sinking of the Lusitania. Oh, by the way, 
the Rothschilds wanted Wilson in power. He never would have been elected president had we had a fair election. Uh, I believe it was 1908, I think it was, 1908, when uh, uh, Wilson was elected, because it should have been William Jennings Bryan versus Woodrow Wilson. William Jennings Bryan, who was an anti-bank, anti-trust, he was a populist, and he would have easily beaten Woodrow Wilson in a fair election. But the Rothschilds uh, brought Theodore Roosevelt out of the woodwork. Overnight, they created the Bull Moose Party and ran, ran Theodore Roosevelt against William Jennings Bryan, thus, thus splitting the popular vote and getting this uh, stuffed shirt liberal, Woodrow Wilson, elected as president. That's the nicest thing I can say about Wilson, a stuffed shirt liberal. Okay. So, William Jennings Bryan should have been the president of America at that point in time. So, let's continue. So, the Rothschild Khazarian Mafia has since developed the usual pattern of covertly staging false flag attacks as a standard operating procedure for inducing Americans to fight fighting wars for the Khazarian Mafia. After World War II was finished, the Rothschild Mafia deployed the Cold War and used this as an excuse to bring Nazi scientists and mind control experts to America under the CIA Operation Paperclip. This allowed them to set up a worldwide spying and espionage system that far exceeded any of their private efforts, or prior efforts, rather. Under this new system, they continued to infiltrate and hijack all American institutions, including the various American church systems, thanks to LBJ, Freemasonry, especially the Scottish Rite and York Rite, the U.S. military, U.S. intelligence, and most private defense contractors, the judiciary and most agencies of the U.S. government, including most state governments and both major political parties as well. Yes, not allowing a third party to get a foothold. Next heading, the Rothschild Kazarian Mafia sets up Nazi work camps as a pretext to later manipulate the Allies into granting them their own private colony in Palestine using land stolen from the Palestinians. I, I think... This is their way of saying, talking about the transfer agreements. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, whether the Rothschilds set them up or whether, you know, the Nazis just needed the labor camps, you know, to, uh, further, you know, Nazi industry or German industry, which would, you know, be even more needed during times of war. Anyway, let's continue. The Rothschild mafia was able to use their their self-mislabeled so-called Holocaust to serve as a mind-controlled trigger to thwart and resist any criticism of their Zionist ways. The truth of the matter was that the Rothschild Mafia set up the Nazi work camps to make huge profits for their corporations that ran their work camps and supplied their Nazi war machine. Now, it's no secret that the Bush family, Prescott Bush and related families, were also involved in building up uh, the Nazi uh, war machine and industrialization of Germany. And it's no secret that the Bush family was involved in that. And it's also the, the uh, Skull and Bones, Skull and Bones organization of Yale University that was also involved in that. But 
just as it was with Ho Chi Minh when America was making war against uh, South Vietnam, against Vietnam, that he was willing to work with the Americans and with the French and with the British. But when Henry Kissinger refused to support Ho Chi Minh, he drove Ho Chi Minh into the communist camp. All right, we created an enemy. And so if, if as they're trying to describe here, the Rothschilds actually set up the Nazi work camps, which I, again, they don't document what they say here, but it's very interesting. I'd like to find this out as a fact that the Rothschilds actually helped set up the Nazi work camps. Maybe he's, they're talking about Prescott Bush and uh, the American Freemasons, you know, American secret societies that were involved in this as well, that uh, maybe that's they're trying to, you know, make that as their argument, okay? It's possible, but I don't think that uh, the Rothschilds actually set up the work camps. I don't think that's the case, but I may be wrong. So again, this article is uh, long on, on claims and short on documentation, but it makes for good, entertaining reading. So, uh, the, they set up the Nazi work camps, according to them, to make huge profits for the corporations that ran their work camps and supplied their Nazi war machine. Yeah, it's no doubt that I.G. Farben, uh, I think they, I think they're the ones who produced, well, DuPont, let's put it this way, DuPont, that was the owner of I.G. Farben, one of the major, you know, factories and chemical producers in Germany. So, uh, there's no doubt that the internationalist uh, industrial network and banking network was operating in Germany during the days of Hitler. There's absolutely no doubt. But uh, Hitler tried to set up German corporations and exclusively German companies to work with. So uh, this would be a, a study in itself, the extent to which the uh, internationalists had their mitts in the Nazi work camps and uh, Nazi industry, okay? That would, uh, and I know that uh, several veterans of World War II have told me that while they were in Germany, they were not allowed to attack the factory of IG Farben, that uh, uh, American and British pilots were told not to bomb IG Farben because that would uh, hurt the American industry known as DuPont. Okay, let's continue. Once the Rothschild Mafia gained their own private homeland in Israel in 1947 through their covert political manipulations, they began to secretly view all of Palestine as their new Khazaria and began plotting how to to genocide all the Palestinians and steal all, all of Palestine for themselves. Their plans include their fantasy of constructing a greater Israel by taking over the whole Middle East and manipulating dumb American goyim to fight and die on their behalf, taking all of the Arab lands for Israel and for the Khazarian Mafia, so they can asset strip their wealth and natural resources, especially their crude oil, and their tons of natural resources, mineral wealth, in Palestine as well. 
Recent peer-reviewed Johns Hopkins genetic research by a respected Judaic MD shows that 97.5% of Judaics living in Israel have absolutely no ancient Hebrew DNA, thank you very much, are therefore not Shemites, and have no ancient blood ties to the land of Palestine at all. By contrast, 80% of Palestinians carry ancient Hebrew DNA and are thus real, or at least partial Semites, and have ancient blood ties to Palestinian land. This means that the real anti-Semites are the Israelis who are stealing Palestinian lands in order to build Israeli settlements. And it is the Israelis who are the ones tyrannizing and mass-murdering innocent Palestinians. Well, let's see. The Germans killed us, so that gives us the right to kill Palestinians. That's Three Stooges logic for you, folks. The Rothschild Khazarian Mafia decides to morph again and expand their ranks. Well, they're always changing. It's the same old program with uh, new two-bit players at the head. That, that's all it is. It's the same tech tactics over and over again. In the meantime, the Rothschild Mafia realized they could not stay hidden much longer from the public unless they morphed again and expanded their secret leadership. So they worked hard to further infiltrate and hijack Freemasonry and its secret offshoots and inducted top members into their pedophile network and child sacrifice rituals. That is correct. Yes, uh, Freemasonry has, ever since the days of Weishaupt and Rothschild, they have been infiltrating Masonry and manipulating Masonry to their own ends. Also, key members of the USA Congress were inducted into their secret satanic network by giving them special power, high U.S. government, military, and intel positions, accompanied by great monetary rewards and high status. Massive mafia espionage fronts, including Israeli-American, Israel-first dual citizens as cutouts, were set up inside America to funnel the Khazarian banksters' counterfeit money to politicians for their election campaigns in order to own and control them when elected. So we can see the the drug trafficking, the uh, child trafficking, sex trafficking that's going on in America today from Mexico, from all parts of the world actually, is totally financed by the Democratic Party, which is owned and operated by the Rothschilds, with the Republicans turning the other cheek and not really doing anything about it. Of course, they don't want to die either. They don't want to get assassinated. They know what happened to Kennedy. They know what happened to Huey Long. They know what happened to Abraham Lincoln. They're not going to risk that. The Rothschild Khazarian Mafia decides to mind control the American masses to make it much more easier to manipulate them into approving their illegal, unconstitutional, unprovoked, undeclared, unwinnable, perpetual wars needed to make huge profits and gain more world power. Right. Well, it's it's interesting. In order to gain more world power, they have to destroy much of the world. So we'll see how that works out. Will their destruction outpace their control? The Rothschild Khazarian Mafia decided to gain complete control over all public education by setting up the Department of Education and creating globalist and socialist curriculums based on political correctness, diversity, and perversion as normal teachings. Fluoride is added to the public water and toothpaste, and dentists are mind-controlled to believe that fluoride prevents cavities and is not harmful to brain function or thyroid function, which it is. 
The addition of fluoride to the public water supply and to toothpaste is to dumb down Americans by an average lowering of the operational IQ and making folks much more docile than they would normally be. Programs to develop, well, I think the television by itself does that, right? Just sitting in front of a television set irradiates your head. Programs to develop and deploy vaccination to dumb down children and create huge numbers of future chronic health problems were initiated, yes. It's called the Rockefeller Medical Monopoly, allopathic medicine. Doctors have been mind-controlled and misled by biased research that was cherry-picked, ignoring any studies that were negative, and that included most of them. All vaccine cell lines are contaminated with SV40, a known carcinogenic, slow-acting virus, or whatever chemical it is. The KM used its monetary power to gain control over all of the allopathic medical schools and set up and control the American Medical Association and other medical societies in order to make sure their agenda based on lies and deceit was continued. And boy, is that working well. Part of this massive plan to dumb down and mind control the American masses was the mafias buying up and consolidating all the American mass media into six controlled major mass media owned and controlled by their cutouts and on their behalf. The uh, controlled mass media functions as an illegal news cartel and it should be broken up under antitrust laws and for inflicting espionage and illegal propaganda as a weapon of war against the American people. There's no way that this trust is going to be broken up by peaceful or legal means. It's just too powerful. It's going to, we're going to have to have a revolution, folks. That's the only way. And if we don't have a revolution, then we'll have to wait for the second coming. One of those two. Or maybe they'll occur simultaneously. Because George Washington's prophecy of the American people battling against the red cloud from Europe is already underway. It's already underway. But most Americans don't get it. They don't understand it. But more and more Americans are beginning to understand it and realize that there's something seriously wrong, that our government has been hijacked, and Biden is absolute proof of that. Typical Americans understand that Biden stole that election, that he is the resident, not the president. Next heading. The Rothschild Mafia chieftains decide that it is time to use America to complete their final takedown and occupation of the whole world by instituting a major false flag attack inside America to blame it on the Islamics whom they want America to wrongly attack on their behalf. Now this was a calculated risk. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who have told me that their awakening occurred because of 9-11. Because the kosher press version of events is so far-fetched and unbelievable that it's impossible. And so that caused them to start thinking for themselves, (laughs) right? And wondering who was responsible. How could these three buildings all collapse into their footprints? Footprints! At faster than free fall speed, with metal girders, you know, being severed in half, 
you know, like somebody with a, uh, a laser gun, a laser blade, <laughs> to cut these beams in half, like they were pretzels. And then the nonsense about a, a big jet plane hitting the Pentagon, and a plane landing in Pennsylvania, and there was no wreckage, and no wreckage in either case? You have to be brain dead to believe that story. And of course, most Americans aren't that brain dead to believe such a ridiculous story. And so the Rothschilds took a calculated risk and pulled off that caper. It's taken quite a while for people to understand that this was an inside job by Jews, traitorous Jews, in high positions, such as Larry Silverstein. Okay, let's continue. Bibi Netanyahu, the operational head of the Khazarian Mafia, deployed the Mossad and these dual citizens to set up and institute this attack on America, which was to be blamed by uh, on, well, blamed by the Khazarian Mafia on Muslims, that is mass media, kosher press. They informed their top rabbis and friends of world Zionism not to fly on that day and to stay out of New York City, as did Larry Silverfish, one of the primary men involved in the operation. They used their main cutout in the DOD to lure the able danger investigators to the Pentagon Naval Intel meeting room where they would be assassinated by a Tomahawk cruise missile that was fired from an Israeli Dolphin-class diesel submarine bought, brought, or bought from Germany. Now, wait a minute. Okay. Are they saying that the submarine sailed up the Potomac and fired a Tomahawk missile from the Potomac River? Is that what they're saying? If that's the case, that would be very interesting to find out. Okay. An Israeli Dolphin-class diesel submarine bought from Germany. Since D.C. is essentially an inland city, (laughs) right, the only possibility would be to sail it up the Potomac. Is it deep enough to handle a submarine? But this is a claim they're making, a very, very interesting claim. Therefore, uh, 35 of the able danger investigators who were investigating and tracking the Israeli theft of 350 decommissioned W-54 Davy Crockett nuclear pits out of the back door at Pantex in Texas were murdered by this tomahawk hit. Wow. Which was timed with the detonation of bombs pre-planted in the naval intel wing, which was newly hardened to no avail. The Israeli Mossad front company, Urban Moving Systems, was used to transport the mini-nukes made from the stolen W-54 nuclear pits from Pantex and originally made at the Hanford Processing Plant, where they were stored in the Israeli embassy in New York City and transported to the Twin Towers for detonation on 9-11-2001. Wow! That's new information for me, and I don't doubt it at all. The Rothschild Khazarian Mafia planted 25 nukes in major American cities and other major cities in Europe in order to blackmail them. 
This is referred to as their Samson option and was first discovered and disclosed by Seymour Hirsch. The Rothschild Mafia also gained some S-19 and S-20 warheads from a corrupt member of Congress assigned the task to buy up Ukrainian MIRVs on behalf of the U.S. government in order to decommission them. Uh, buy them to decommission them? Why just? Why not just decommission them? <laughs> why do you have to buy them? Instead, he sold them to the Israelis. Oh, that's why he had to buy them. And split the money with other key congressmen involved. This is high treason and a capital offense punishable by execution. That's right. All treason is punishable by execution. Do it. Somebody in government, do it already. Right after their attack on America, the Rothschild Mafia told the U.S. administration that they would detonate city buster-sized nukes in some American cities, including D.C., if the administration refused to allow Israel to create their own large police state occupation force inside America, based on the consolidation of all American law enforcement and alphabets under one central Israeli control. Now, it is true that uh, many American police departments send their police officers to Israel for training. So most of this information I'm covering right now is new to me, but I I don't doubt this at all. Uh, There was, uh, around that time, there was a report from Sorsha Fowl that there, there was a nuke planted in downtown Chicago and somebody was threatening to detonate it. But I could not verify that information. Uh, the Chicago Police Department would not verify it for me. And so I just assumed it was a hoax. But maybe what they're saying here, that there, there were nukes planted in American cities as blackmail, as terrorism against American politicians. And that certainly is possible. So let's continue. This new Israeli occupation force called Homeland Security, (laughs) well, it's definitely run by a Jew, was initially run by dual citizens and perverts. Former DHS Director Janet Napolitano is being sued for sexual harassment of men working at DHS, whom she ordered to move their offices into the men's lavatory. (laughs) Horrible. Horrible. Well, oh, that kind of sexual harassment. (laughs) Okay. I was imagining something completely different. Anyway, dual citizen trader Michael Chertoff, whose name actually means son of the devil, as they point that out here, Name translated from Russian as Son of the Devil, was the criminal mastermind that set up the DHS, along with former head of the East German Stasi, Marcus Wolf, W-O-L-F-E, who was hired as a special consultant and died mysteriously as soon as his mission was completed. That's the price you pay for working with the devil. The Rothschild Mafia never thought they would get exposed for their nuclear attack on America on 9-11, but they made one of the biggest tactical mistakes in history and overplayed their hand from excess hubris, based on too much easy success due to their extreme money power in the past. Well, yeah, as I said, many of the people I've been talking to in recent years, 
their awakening came as a result of the impossibility that 19 Arabs, or however many it was, with box cutters, hijacked those planes and brought down those tire towers. It's just utterly ridiculous. Anyway, they thought that they had complete control over the mass media and could prevent any... Well, they did. They still do have complete control over mass media, but not complete control of communications, such as cell phones and private uh, private communications. Uh, they don't own all the corporations. They don't own all companies. So they don't have total control. And they don't have total control of the Internet. And independent journalism. It is independent journalism, not controlled by them, that has been the source of all of their problems. And that's why I believe they acted hastily in 2020 in instituting COVID-19 and the great lockdown. They had no choice, as David Goldberg predicted in 2019, just before he died, that the Rothschilds had to set up two operations in order to target Americans who knew too much and he, he said that that number of Americans that had to be killed was 10 million. Projects Pogo and Zypher. And he predicted they would use some kind of medical trickery to pull this off. And that's exactly what happened. It's called COVID-19. So, so, and then, so to continue their thought here, which is uh, very excellent, they made a serious tactical error because now the truth about their role in 9-11 uh, attack on America is being published on the worldwide internet. And I'd say just about every politician in the world knows the Jews did it. And many have said so. The world's new Gutenberg press, that is the internet. What the Rothschild mafia did not understand was the power of the internet and how truth nuggets published and broadcast on it resonate with the people of the world and spread like wildfire at the speed of light. Truth is being diffused to the masses everywhere. Yeah, and uh, the fake COVID nonsense that was never really caught on in Africa where many of the African leaders declared to be fake and many of those who declared it to be fake were murdered. This incredible tactical error by the Khazarian Mafia is so great that it will actually doom them to the complete exposure and eventual complete destruction they deserve. Bibi Netanyahu's order to proceed and deliver the nuclear attack on America in 9-11 will go down in history as one of the Khazarian Mafia's biggest mistakes and the one that will be blamed for their exposure and destruction by the world that is now ganging up against them. Well, as the Book of Obadiah predicted predicts that uh, Edom's coalition of partners will turn against them. It's just a question of time. Now, uh, pulling off this caper of the Nord Stream pipeline, how many European politicians and former allies of the Jewish mafia will turn against them over this? The big freeze in Europe is getting ready to happen, thanks to the Khazarian Mafia. And I I think uh, uh, Fox News, Tucker Carlson, is absolutely right in blaming that caper on Joe Biden. Joe Biden said 
we would do it a couple years ago. He, he predicted that, that 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 pipeline would be destroyed, and that's on the uh, front page of Eurofork Radio. That video with Tucker Carlson. The Russians have now leaked the IAEA and Sandia Labs and Able Danger files given to them by Edward Snowden. Soon, all of these files will be provided to all Americans and the world via the Internet, and this cannot be stopped. Well, it's very interesting. We have Hunter Biden's laptop. I've seen videos of Hunter Biden having sex with various women of all races, Yet that laptop has never been publicized by mass media. And I heard that that laptop somehow disappeared. <laughs> right? Now, no matter, it's been so well publicized you know, by independent media that everybody knows about it. Everybody knows about it. So covering this up is a major task. Well, you just don't talk about it. That's mass media's only way of dealing with is don't mention Hunter Biden's laptop. A number of Russians in the high military command in Russia and in the highest positions of leadership in the Russian government realized that it was the same organized crime cabal that organized the Khazarians into Bolsheviks to mass murder 100 million innocent Russians. And these men want payback. Oh, do they? Do they? I think Putin is among them. Although, as president of Russia, he has to be very careful what he reveals. What he reveals. Although Putin recently made a statement with regard to the Bolshevik Revolution, he stated publicly that the vast majority of the Bolsheviks were, in fact, Jews. Were, in fact, Jews. And Solzhenitsyn also stated that in his highly suppressed book, 200 Years Together. So with all of this leaking of the truth coming out from people who are just beginning to rebel against the Khazarian Mafia, it's just a question of time. Will they overplay their hand to such an extent where they defeat themselves? That's what I think is going to happen, but I still think they, they will not surrender until they actually own and control America. They will destroy America if they have to, because we are the last domino to fall. But we will not fall. George Washington's prophecy said that we will prevail. This, this, they have no choice, because everything else, everything else they have tried against America will fail, has failed. They own our Congress, they own the economy, they own the media, they own everything. And yet, they can't get rid of the Second Amendment. They're trying to destroy the First Amendment, they're making great progress, ADL is making great progress against the First Amendment. But no progress against the Second Amendment. Any Congress critter that uh, tries to propose an amendment to get rid of the Second Amendment will have a target painted on his or her chest and back. That's the last thing any Congress critter wants to sponsor. So they're going to try to chip away constantly, but that hasn't been working either. 
Americans refuse to give up their guns. And any attempt to pass a law against gun ownership in America will will strike anger, right? Strike rage in those of us who believe in our right to self-defense and our right to protect America from these infiltrators. So this is going to get more and more interesting, folks. It's going to get more and more violent. And many people are seeing through all these false flags as well. So now what happens in Europe with the big freeze that is going to come as a result of blowing up this pipeline? Energy costs are going to go up. Heating bills are going to go up. People on fixed incomes aren't going to be able to heat their homes. The governments, if they try to help indigent people, who are people who were middle class, let's say, and are now indigent because of the high price of energy, are they going to have to print more money to increase the welfare benefits so they can pay their bills, their energy bills, their food bills? How are they going to cook their food? How are they going to heat their homes? How are they going to drive their cars? Forget about electric cars, <laughs> right? Gas, gas-fired gas and nuclear power plants provide the electricity for electric cars. What a, what a fiasco that whole industry is. It's a total joke. Making people believe that it's clean energy. Let's continue. The mass media is failing, and most Americans no longer believe any of their primetime national stories, especially the under-30 crowd, who cherry-pick facts from the Internet and construct their own beliefs. Yeah, and if you just look at the comment section of any website, even the ones that are pro-New World Order, if they have, if they still have a comment section... The comment sections are filled with identity people, for one thing, patriots and populists, for another, people who do not believe a word of mass media. So the millions of dollars they're spending on propaganda is also failing. The problem is they still control our politicians, and they control our military. As the Bible says, who can make war against the beast? The beast still is in control of all elements of government. The only thing they don't control is communications via internet and newsletters and things of that sort. Okay? They don't control that. But it's all going to get more expensive. They're going to try to starve us out. They're going to try to freeze us out. How bad it's going to be here in America, I don't know. I haven't seen any shortages of gas. Oh, there, there was during 2021. During 2021, when I went to Texas last October, it was slow going because not all gas stations were open. And the ones, a couple of the ones that I expected to be open weren't open. But that has since dissipated, and uh, I haven't seen any gas station closures recently in Chicago or central Illinois, Kentucky, 
Missouri, Arkansas, or Texas. I haven't seen anything like that. It's free sailing. All gas stations open. So we'll see how long that lasts. So let's continue. So many Internet users now reject mainstream media that the truth about the Israelis attacking America on 9-11 is becoming easier each day to believe. Soon all of mainstream media will know, oh, mainstream America, will know that Bibi Netanyahu and his Mossad and dual citizens did the 9-11 attack on America. Amen. They already know that it was an inside job. And the forensics prove it. But you never hear that on mass media. Okay, I got uh, one more section here. Probably won't have time to finish this article, but it has gotten very good toward the end, where you know it's analyzing the Kazarian mafia's control over mass media is is falling away, and that is actually true. So, with a few minutes left, various deep cover covert operations are now being deployed globally to expose and decapitate the Rothschild uh, mafia from their endless elastic money supply. Well, I don't know if it's covert. I don't think it's covert. You know, those nations who refuse to accept the Federal Reserve note in exchange for their goods, and those non-Jewish-owned companies who refuse to take you know, Jewish money for their non-Jewish goods, that's eating away at Rothschild control. That's why they have to have a central bank digital currency. That is the next phase. The last article I read on that subject said that the phase in of the CBDC is December 3rd of this year. We'll see if they can pull that off. Which means we'll have a completely cashless society, which may also be difficult to pull off. You have to integrate the entire world economy into such a system that the flow of goods is not utterly wrecked. And even if it is wrecked, you're going to create an underground economy. Some people may have to resort to barter. Things will slow down. Okay, so you don't need cheap goods from China. You get them from somebody down the street or somebody who's got a warehouse full of that cheap junk, right? Abandoned by Walmart. They don't know how it's going to go. It's not going to go as smoothly as they think it's going to go. When they did 9-11, they set in motion a series of events, of events beyond their control. It's just now a question of how long will this fiasco last. All right, folks. By and large, a very good article, especially the latter portion uh, dealing with modern times. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. See you all tomorrow morning for Bloodlines. Yahweh bless everybody. Bye-bye. never remain free if they are not willing if need be to fight for their vital interests. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Praise Yahweh and pass the ammunition. The Restoration Hour with Pastor.